0: Hello and welcome, I'm Jonathan Beal and this is the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the market and helps you make smart choices with your investments. What do the different COVID-19 alert levels mean for the economy and investments? Chris Tenet Brown gives us an update in today's episode. We also chat about how the markets are looking compared to earlier in the year and what to look out for over the coming weeks. These are entirely our own views. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB. They'll be happy to chat if you need. Morning, Chris. Good to uh, talk to you again on um, virtual. I can't see you. I did have a bit of a quick. Uh, we did have a bit of a quick video chat before we started. But uh, hey, lovely to talk to you again. How are things with you under under level three? Are you doing anything different to uh, what you're doing in level four?
1: Uh, it feels it feels pretty similar uh to to me the 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 big difference in level three is um i've got a builder in the backyard um doing some doing some things that i've had planned for a while that had to get put on uh on hold with with the lockdown but now that we're at level three uh he's uh he's working in the backyard which is uh, really really satisfying and the uh, the other change for me which has got nothing to do with the uh, the levels is uh my partner's a flight attendant and she's uh, one of the few that's flying at the moment so I miss her but given the amount of mess that the build has been making it's probably quite good that she's she's not here and hopefully I can get everything sorted out before she gets back
0: well we ne- I never thought we'd be pleased to hear the sound of buzz saws and we're looking forward to it but um, uh, yeah I'm not I'm not really doing anything different one thing I one thing I have noticed that is different though and I, I don't normally spend this amount of time at home is our garden just seems to be... Have a, a multitude of birds. Like every time I'm on a call, people are sort of asking me whether I keep birds and stuff, which I don't. But our garden seems to have had all these birds come to it with less people around and less noise. They seem to have congregated here, which is quite lovely, actually. Even like little twerpy and singing oh. in the mornings. It's great. But, uh, very different. I've noticed <laughs> the
1: term fantastic, fantastic here. The, um. The, uh, we've got some native trees in the backyard and the tuis have just been going absolutely nuts. And uh, I've wondered whether it's the, the lack of traffic that I'm aware of them or, uh, or the lack of traffic's meant that they're happy to uh, hang around my place. So uh, either way, it's been nice and I hope it uh, continues.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it was, um, we are now in level three. I think it was Judith Collins who talked about level three being basically level four with KFC being open. Um, which I suppose is quite a good definition. But I suppose uh, more importantly, like level three, what, it, what does it actually mean for the economy here? It, it,
1: the, the big thing is it means is a, a stack of people have gone back to, to work um, and the, the construction sector is a really big one. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people employed in that sector, and uh, not all of them are able to get back to work. Uh, but uh, but there's a, an awful lot of people that can, can start getting back to work. Uh, clearly, a few more shops open, uh, which I think is a really good step. Two things: one is um, it's a it's a chance for us to ease into it and 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 monitor how it goes in terms of the COVID-19 spreading. But the quicker we can get back to um, to normal from a business perspective, the less economic damage this is going to to do. So uh, hopefully we um, we can just keep going uh, onto onto level two, and more people can get back into the uh, to the labour market and and start working and and life can get back to normal. So uh, hopefully this is a we're this is a sign that we're into the transition stage to the to the new world we get rather than the crisis stage that we were in back in late march early and I, april
0: yeah and i was quite surprised actually from four to three the amount of people that level three enabled to go back to work seeing there's been numbers between sort of 400 and people so it does show what what difference moving down to three will make to the economy?
1: Absolutely, you've got uh, teachers heading back to work. The construction sector's a big one, and parts of the the service sector uh, that are that are back to normal. The the uh, sector that's not back to normal is uh, as relates to the tourism sector, uh, planes, airports, uh, hotels. So there's there's a lot of uh, people that are that are still uh, no change from their employment perspective so there's still a long way to go but it's good to see people getting back into it another little change i've noticed is just how quickly the the traffic has uh, picked back up again over the lead into the change and then then now so that's a bit of a downer uh the things that we grumble about like congestion are probably not too far away
0: yeah, exactly. And I suppose like share markets have continued to uh, recover and uh, are posting some pretty uh, big gains on sometimes on a daily uh, daily basis. But I suppose they've they're factoring in that it's going to be a successful transition uh, through the through the levels and back to whatever normal is. Is that is that what they're they're hoping for or factored in?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there's 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 three key drivers to the share markets initially. We saw the big drop in part was driven by the stress in financial markets and the central bank actions all helped with, with relieving some of that stress by cutting interest rates and increasing liquidity in markets. Then the next kick-up was the fiscal response, the support that governments are providing to business, and over the last week or two, it's been this thought that economies are going to start to to reopen. So we're in the real test stage of that, I think, over the over the coming weeks. And that'll be one of the key themes in May is just how well we go. And as the government here has done a reasonably good job, I think, of communicating, if we see a big number of outbreaks, well unfortunately it means we're we're not progressing to more people coming back into the workforce. So these daily cases and and the developments of of New clusters, or hopefully the, the lack of developments of new clusters, will be key to us all getting on with our lives, but it's also a real key driver for for share markets at the moment that are looking through what's going to be a terrible second quarter for the economy and a terrible second quarter for businesses and, and starting to look through to the other side. So I think this transition bit that we're in now is incredibly important for markets. Amazing recovery we've seen over, over April.
0: And do you want to talk a little bit about the recovery and actually what we've seen in, in markets and where we were sort of back in um, beginning of March to where we are now? Yeah, it's,
1: at worst, we saw markets were down about 30 to 35% from the peaks that they'd set in February. It seems like a long time ago, but it was only a couple of months ago that we had those record highs and we were really looking at this as something that was isolated to China and as it spread around the world markets got more and more worried and we were down that sort of 30% or more off the off the peaks over the last uh, month markets have recovered more than half of that dip so now if we look at markets they're 10 to 15% off the off the peaks so uh, well over halfway back so that's that's really encouraging i don't think we're out of the woods yet but if we now start to look at market performance on on year-ago levels, it's looking a lot better than what it was. And uh, so that's really really encouraging. Investors will see that in things like their KiwiSaver balance. Uh, will have recovered from the lows in late March and, and be looking a little bit better. Uh, but if they check their balances out through March, they are probably still not recovered uh, all of the lost ground yet, but hopefully they're seeing signs that things have improved quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it does sort of um, go back to that. Sort of stuff we've talked about, and you've talked about a lot before about it's Sort of uh, trying not to time the market and time in the market is the is the is the key thing. And you can see, you know, the majority of people. I think it was Aiden who was talking about it a couple of podcasts ago about the number of people who actually have done nothing with their KiwiSaver have kept on on track, um, have just sort of ridden out most of the most of the uh, the falls and uh, and recovered most, and actually maybe have benefited. Um, Certainly, as well, from buying some maybe cheaper units when uh, when markets were down. Taking that long-term view Absolutely. certainly does pay off.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard at the time to go just stay put, and when when things are so so volatile. But people that do do that are, are rewarded now, and just like every other big dip I've seen, one of the things that's happened this time around is the clouds haven't all cleared yet you've you've had over half of the recovery come in a very short space of time. And so people are now asking, is now the time to invest with that sort of timing aspect in mind? But realistically, the time to invest was when we had absolute panic, when everyone wanted to sell, if you thought that you could time that sort of thing. But what's the saying? Invest when there's uh, blood on the streets. And we weren't getting calls about wanting to invest in around 25 march when markets were going so badly and now now we do get a bit so we just come back to that thing stick to your long run plans uh, you just can't time these 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 periods of market turmoil that's for sure i've had a lot of questions about should i stop my regular savings plans when markets are volatile like this and hopefully people have managed to keep going uh through this period they would have got a couple of months where their uh, where their dollars that they're putting into their investments went a little bit further when markets were dipping and that's a—it's—it seems counterintuitive to some people that you'd want to keep a savings plan going when markets are so volatile. But it's absolutely what you want to be doing if you—if you can.
0: Yeah, there's definitely got two types yeah. of customers. There's going to be the ones, aren't there, that can't can't afford to. Continue with regular contributions to their KiwiSaver the investment because of you know circumstances around their 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 job and their and their income. And then there's the group of people who maybe sort of go, well, I'll probably stop because of the volatility. And it's those those sort of customers you should be going. Actually, no, volatility is good, and you you want some volatility in your investment over the period because actually there's times where you're buying uh, buying the units. In those investments, which are cheaper, I suppose that the analogy is it's a bit like going to a, a shop when stuff's on sale. You're getting you're getting the goods for a, a cheaper price, which is which is an awesome thing to have. And it's that sort of, as you say, it's very counterintuitive, isn't it? But uh, it's actually a positive for people's uh, long term um, uh, imbalances that they'll see. The other thing
1: which I, which is going on in the market now, to, to your other point, is people are rightly still quite concerned about their income over the over the coming months. There's still a long way to go, and um, in terms of the climbing out of this uh, this hole that the that the world's in, uh, so we will see the labour market weaken considerably over the over the next quarter. So that's still going to be in people's minds as well. That's but that's more a question about budgeting rather than the right thing to do with uh, making the most out of a uh, out of an investment.
0: It's also the question I'm getting is around like oh maybe I'll invest where markets settle. I'm not sure markets ever settle and actually holding off is probably not the right thing i suppose you'd go back to sort of actually why are you investing what are you trying to achieve with the investment and if your time frame is a medium to long term time frame then yes investing is probably the right thing to do but i think what you're saying probably even in the short term we're going to continue to we're going to continue to see some volatility with sort of maybe the economy not reacting how we thought potential movements around covid and also i suppose it's reporting season the, with companies talking about you know, how how it's affected them, I think that will probably weigh on the market as well, won't it?
1: Yeah, it well, we're going through that at the moment, and in the states, the expectations are that that companies take a, a a reasonable hit in their first quarter earnings, uh, but it's the second quarter that's going to be the bad one, uh, as we were chatting about before, and the first couple of months of the quarter the economy was trucking along same as usual in the in the States and 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 here. And so companies got six weeks, eight weeks of normal activity. And then March things started to to really change. So there's gonna the news flow at an economic level and at a company specific level is going to get worse over the coming months. Now share markets will look forward to the coming years. Uh, but there's still going to be some tough data to digest, and at a, at a, on the ground level, companies are going to be dealing with really tough cash flow situations. So we're going to see more companies needing to come to the market, uh, like we like we've done over the past month or so with Auckland International Airport and Kathmandu, and and raise more capital. So there'll be more of that going on over the over the coming months for sure. So still plenty to digest. Uh, but to your point, there's there's not a, going to be a clear moment where markets are perfectly settled and it all looks great. Uh, there's going to be more challenges.
0: And then uh, we talked about this. So it was a it was a number of weeks ago. But negative interest rates seem to be back in the back in the headlines. What what's what's driving that sort of uh, talk again? Yeah, well, this is one of those
1: things that's interesting now that that's back as a worry for for customers. And I think this happens when the Reserve Bank's done so much, like they've cut the cash rate to a quarter of a percent. They're now doing quantitative easing. The logical question people ask is, well, what if they need to do more? What would they do next? So the negative interest rates come back on the uh, on the discussion list. And one of the uh, other banks came out and and if have forecast that that'll be the Reserve Bank's next step, and that's generated a little bit more coverage on it. But I think there's a couple of things that are really important to think about this. One is that people are talking about a negative official cash rate, which really impacts the rate that banks would be dealing with, uh, but that's different from negative term deposit rates. And, and to be clear, we don't think that the Reserve Bank will move to a negative cash rate. They They could. Uh, but we certainly don't think term deposit rates will go negative. But where we prefer to have the conversation with customers is is on the fact that we don't think term deposit rates are going to go negative, but they are going to stay very low for a long time. And when we look at other countries like the states, like Australia, that that have got cash rates to these levels, they've never gone negative with them, and they're not expecting to. But their term deposit rates have kept on grinding lower. So I think it's a real important. Thing for people when they're in cash uh, and and term deposits is just to be aware of that fact. The returns, we expect them to be very, very low, but we're not forecasting that they're going to have to pay to put their money in the bank because I think most people would uh, decide that they'd prefer to buy a safe than do that. Uh, that's not on our forecast, but these, these sort of 1% to 2% term deposits I think will be around for quite a while, which is, which is really tough for term deposit investors. And, and I think they'll be down those sorts of levels for several years.
0: And then that that I suppose opens up the door around maybe people looking elsewhere for uh, sort of their income needs, uh, which we saw sort of I suppose before COVID, which was one of the, maybe one of the reasons it was driving the New Zealand and Australian share market so much people's hunger for for income and yield and buying quality stocks that pay good dividends. I suppose, but you know that that might that might sort of be tempered a little bit by people's experience through COVID 19, I suppose.
1: Yeah, no one ever likes volatility like we've like we've gone through. But ultimately, the the answer to uh, needing to have a higher return than those low term deposits for people that have got the long term approach is they will get the higher returns out of dividend yields from 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 companies, and in uh, a diversified uh, range of investments. Uh, it's 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 tough and understandable that people have got some reluctance to do that sort of thing right now when we've had a period of volatility. But uh, that's where the, that's where the returns will come from. And we're lucky in New Zealand that we still do have companies that are paying out uh, decent dividend streams. And some of those companies, uh, the airlines, for example, their income streams are going to be really challenged. But others, and I'm thinking of the, the utilities uh, that we've got here, the, the power generators and, and suppliers are good examples. We'll still be able to pay out good dividends over the years ahead. So at least we live in a country where we've got access to other types of investments that can generate good uh, good returns. The other thing that's a little bit uncertain at the moment is property, and, and that's all to do with the shutdown. There's big question marks over businesses' ability to pay rent and what should be done about that issue. That's an area of the government's response yet that, uh, that people are still saying, hey, what do we do in, in this particular space and as a consequence we've seen a lot of uncertainty uh, and some and some weak uh, well, losses not weak returns but losses in the listed property space which has been a, um, a hard hit sector over recent weeks but still that focus for meeting uh, for income will, will will get people back to those assets over the next 10 15 years that's for sure
0: and the um, and the go back to the official cash rate quickly just that that using that instrument but I suppose with government investment and supporting uh, businesses and sort of the amount of money they're pumping into the economy, I suppose, I suppose the way the Reserve Bank think about it is that's, they're using two, two areas to help rather than having to just keep reducing uh, the official cash rate and go negative. I suppose the, the two complement each other, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And I
1: think the Reserve Bank's done a really good job over the last couple of years before we even got into this uh, situation we're in now where they really looked at the government and 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 said monetary policy and fiscal policy need to work together and lower and lower interest rates can't do everything and and I think we've seen a really good interplay between the two over the past month or so the government's clearly going to need to issue a lot more debt they want to issue that debt as as a cost as possible and the reserve banks said we're prepared to be in that bond market, buying government bonds to keep long-term interest rates low. And we've seen that big change in in government bond yields since they've done that. They've really come back down towards that 1% level uh, from from being quite a bit high when people were really worried about how we're going to pay for all of this and, and, and how stressed out a market's going to be if we have this big recession. So those two things, uh, the government and the Reserve Bank, have worked independently from each other but in very very good coordination i think it's a real positive thing and turn that's that's helped the equity market because people in, that are investing in companies are thinking that the overall framework's the right one
0: and i suppose like moving on to sort of maybe things to to watch and when i say watch i'm not really thinking about stuff on stuff on netflix like uh, Tiger king or something like that but like what are what are sort of things that you're you're watching or we should be looking at uh, over the coming weeks
1: I think the the thing that we should all get encouraged by uh, is is the developments in the actual cases themselves. So it's 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 been a tough couple of months uh, of of worry, a really tough month for people and and lockdown. So to see it actually working, I think is important from an investor perspective. I think that's that's important to the outlook. Uh, because it will determine how quickly we can get back to a, a greater sense of normality, and 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 that in turn is good news for the companies that we that we invest in. So that's what I watch. I I, I look with satisfaction at how things are going in New Zealand and in Australia, and and still with some concern when I look at uh, places like New York and some of the other areas around the world that still have got a long way to go. Uh, that'll ties them with our move to a level to a level two, hopefully in New Zealand over the next uh, over the next month. The other bits I think are really important is is the actions of the government and the Reserve Bank. We think they'll do more. Uh, the, we don't think they're done and dusted yet. So the governments put a lot of money into the economy already, uh, twenty odd billion, and we think that, that they'll end up spending twice that or more over the coming months and years to to get the economy back on track. And in turn, we think the Reserve Bank will keep doing more, we're not picking a negative cash rate like some others are, but we are picking that they will step up the, the official level of government bonds they're buying. They committed to buying 30 billion over a 12-month period, which is a which is a lot. There's only about 80 billion on issue, but we think that they'll they'll lift that more towards the the 50 billion mark. They're buying at that sort of pace now, so those are a couple of things in May that we'll hear about and will be a big focus uh, for us in terms of our thoughts about the outlook. Is the is the budget and the Reserve mm-hmm. Bank meeting that are that are now only a, a couple of uh, couple of weeks away.
0: And is it also something that you're maybe looking at? I think you were sort of briefly mentioned it. That, that sort of, if you think globally, the the world is recovering from COVID-19 uh, at different speeds. And is that something that potentially might impact New Zealand? So if you use the example of New York still sort of in trouble, and the UK still seems to be behind the behind the eight ball, is that is that going to? Do you think that will have an effect or flow and affect New Zealand?
1: Yeah, I think what will when we were chatting before about how markets were going and, and part of it is this optimism that we're collectively coming out of the of the of the worst of the of the COVID nineteen impact. I think any of these big economies, if you if you saw major signs that they're having a, a second wave, that could be really negative for markets and cause another another dip again. We've been looking closely at the data out of china on that front because they're really first into the situation and first out in terms of trying to get back to to normal but they all of the economies around the world are going to be giving it a go over over the next month or so to try and relax their restrictions and how that goes i think will be incredibly important for for people uh but in turn the economies and then and companies and share market so that'll be a key one to to watch globally, and it will impact yeah. the sentiment in markets over the coming weeks and months. Hopefully that all has goes been, well. Yeah. Fingers, yeah. fingers been, crossed has, at all sorts been, of levels that that goes well.
0: Exactly. It has been fascinating to watch how people... What they go back to, hey, like, you know, here there's been talk of, you know, queues outside KFC, and like, I was ran around Devonport, and just people queuing outside coffee shops, and like, if you go to Britain, everyone seems to want to go to a DIY shop. It's just amazing that the things that people uh, uh, have missed, and the first thing they go back to, hey, it's been a fascinating uh, yeah, it's,
1: it's, example it's, of human it's it interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's uh, there's there's a whole lot of things that I think people have found really positive about this. The number of people walking around neighborhoods and communicating and talking with each other's been really neat. Uh, it's a bit sad to see the trash cans overflowing with garbage uh, the last couple of days because of people having big takeaway binges. So hopefully we we, take a few things with us from the from the month that we want to carry on as habits but from a uh, a company perspective too hopefully we start to see some return to normal for for a lot of businesses as people can start to do a bit more i just hope they do a bit more than buying takeaways and uh, we we start to see a broader range of uh, shops and services start to open up and that's what we'll be looking for over the next over the next month uh, probably at the worst end of the scale is uh, is, the, is the travel uh, sector because that seems to be a long way away that we'll uh, resume global travel. Uh, but there's an awful lot of stuff that we'll be watching over the next month or two as we go through this transition phase. That's for sure.
0: And there's a lot, there's lots of awesome places around New Zealand to go and visit as well, isn't there? So uh, I think there'll be this sort of return to supporting New Zealand as much as we possibly can and buying New Zealand goods and supporting New Zealand companies and, and getting out and about and seeing the beautiful country. I think there's worse places to be uh, locked down uh, around the world. I think we're, um, if you think about it, we're actually pretty fortunate, aren't we? Oh, I think
1: building a, a domestic travel list of, of where, uh, where we all might travel next is, uh, is probably a fun thing to do, to imagine what it might be when we get to uh, lower levels of, uh, of alert, over, hopefully over the coming months.
0: Exactly, it might be something to add to my bubble list of things to do. As uh, my latest thing is to wear clothes I haven't worn for years, just to try to try and uh, broaden out my uh, uh, my wardrobe. So uh, I might, add, I'll certainly add the holiday list uh, uh, to that as well. Keep, keeps me entertained. Keeps me entertained. But um, <laughs> hey, thanks, Chris. I might just draw it to a, a conclusion. There's been wonderful to talk to you again, and. Um, and your insights and your views and uh, it's been a, a pleasure to sort of go through COVID-19 up to level four and now to level three uh, with you and hopefully next time we talk we'll be uh, talking in um, in level two so keep safe and uh, speak to you again soon Sounds good to me thanks for the chat Thanks for joining us today on the ASB Investment Podcast If you have any thoughts on today's episode or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on future shows please fire your suggestions through to podcasts podcasts at asb.co.nz